Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, November 8th edition, brought to you by On It. Go over to our podcast page, click that On It link. Give us those referral points, you guys. Every time you buy something through that link, it helps the Fightful podcast. It helps us for eventual bail money we'll need whenever Matt gets caught using the internet in China, because he's still there. Matt, I didn't even know you were still in China. Yeah, they won't. They just love me so much, they won't let me leave, bro. It's uh, you know honestly I've I've been here for a while but I had to take care of some work. Um, we uh, I met with the uh, you know the Chinese government this week to talk about MMA on mainland China. You know they, the UFC has been in Macau but they haven't been able to get into mainland China. So uh, I'm doing that and then uh, just press conferences for CCTV. You know the main TV stations here in China and. Uh, it's just been an extremely busy and uh, extremely successful week for me and uh, the could, WWN brand. Could you imagine how the UFC would feel if they, if like the, the Chinese government were like, yeah, Matt Riddle's the reason why we <laughs> decided to finally let this MMA stuff happen on the mainland? Well, you know, I think the problem with the uh, UFC, the reason they haven't been able to get into mainland China is because they're a bunch of assholes, to be completely honest. And they will never probably get a meeting with the federal, you know, the federal government here. And if they did, they'd probably screw it up because that's what Dana does. So that's it. We, we, we know powerful people here in China, me and Sal. And we, like I said, we met with the government and everything's been going extremely smooth. And, we're having fights March 18th, and we're also having fights uh, March 25th. So, of course, I, I got to ask you about this AIW thing. Sure. What's up with that? What's up with that? Uh, yeah, I figured we can talk about it before they do their little podcast, right? Uh, sure. AIW. We're going to call it a little podcast, Matt. We don't have to demean other podcasts here. I'm Come not on. demeaning anybody's podcast, but I think our podcast is a little bit more superior. That's just a personal Probably. opinion. But uh, the, the the main thing that happened, it was a miscommunication. They asked me what dates I was free, and they asked me back in August, and I said, and they asked me about this date, 1230th, and I said, it's free at the moment but I still have to talk to Evolve and other promotions before I can agree to anything. And I guess they, I guess they took it as me saying I'm free at the moment as a, yes, I'm going to work for you. And then uh, we really didn't get to talk after our last, last time I worked for uh, AIW and I wrestled a couple teams there and there. And uh, I'll be honest, even my first match there, I wrestled Lewis Linden, who isn't a bad wrestler. 
but you know he has he he plays a pirate he's a pirate you know and uh they had me put over a pirate because they got kicked in the nuts and i had to put over a pirate and then they had me put over two luchadors that didn't know how to fucking wrestle and so after that you know i honestly didn't want to work for them i told them that then and they still kept sending me dates and then they just advertised me on their card and they were selling tickets using my name. So I texted them. I said, I didn't give you permission to do that. So if you could, you know, take me down. And, you know, that's about it. I didn't agree to wrestle for you. So don't promote me as such. It's not fair to me and it's not fair to the fans. And I guess, you know, he didn't respond back to me. And the next thing I knew, he tweeted something out, you know. And it seemed like it if anything, it got more whiplash back on them because they were extremely unprofessional about the situation. So you done forever with AIW? Do you think that's a bridge you all can, can maybe fix in the future? You know, I don't, I don't think it's a bridge I want to fix in the future. Uh, the second that news was released, I got multiple booking offers at multiple different places, and I'll be wrestling at AAW uh, December 30th in Chicago. So uh, it wasn't a matter of availability or anything like that. It was probably the way I was treated when I was in Cleveland, Ohio. And, uh, and probably, you know, it was just the way they run their promotion. I wasn't the biggest fan. And I don't want to put anybody down. I, it, I, it wasn't for me. You know, I just, I didn't like the locker room environment. And I didn't like a lot of other things and how they ran things, you know. And I made that, you know, I made that pretty clear, but, like I said, they still advertise me, even though I didn't agree to certain dates. And that, that's it. And I trust me, I was as nice as I could be about it. And even if you look at what I tweeted about it, I was extremely professional and I kept it friendly. And even now, I'm keeping it pretty friendly. I'm just telling you the truth, right? So how, how do you think that they handled the situation on Twitter, social media? Uh, you know, I think... I think they handled it like, uh, I don't know, like a 15-year-old. Uh, you know, uh, they, they went right to Twitter. They didn't really talk to me about the situation. They just went to Twitter and said I didn't like the way I was booked, which isn't the case. It's not the way I was booked. It's just the big thing is I didn't see a future with the company in the sense like you weren't having me work decent people you weren't having me like work any storylines you just had me come in and do random matches and on top of that it's uh like i was doing singles matches now doing tag matches and like i said they, they usually have like 20 matches per card you're there for like four or six hours and things just like i said it's just not my atmosphere i like or environment like when i wrestle for evolve or other big shows there's usually like five to ten matches max. We stay to our cues, you know, so we stay to our times. The locker room's professional. We talk to one another and make sure the card is ran smoothly and perfectly, you know. And we are competitive with one another in the locker room, but in a friendly manner. That that just isn't the case there. So to I'll play devil's advocate here. You said that uh, you weren't necessarily upset with how you were booked but you had told me you know i got kicked in the balls by a pirate and lost to a couple luchadors that, that didn't know how to wrestle could you see their side of that how they could think that oh yeah of course and trust me i that was part of the reason i didn't like the way i was booked for sure that was definitely part of it but there was a lot more than just that it wasn't like well i just don't like the way i'm being booked it was the lack of storyline and they depend on me to drive multiple wrestlers for them. And I would have to drive like to drive about eight hours to get to Cleveland, Ohio. And they weren't really compensating me for that either, you know, but I I would rather not bring that up. I don't want to break them through the mud. They've already, you know, it's not worth my time or my, you know, my energy. But usually that's what, like probably about a six hour drive for you before, if you didn't just pick people up. Yeah, it was usually like a six to seven and a half hour drive, depending on traffic and stuff. And uh, the big issue you you're in is, you're in Western Pennsylvania, correct? Or Eastern no, Pennsylvania? I'm in, Sorry, I'm Eastern Sorry. Pennsylvania, so it's a it's like a seven hour drive. And then on top of that, usually uh, beyond, 
you know, I usually wrestle beyond the same weekends they have shows. And in this case, I was going to wrestle beyond the 29th, which is in Boston, and then drive to Cleveland, Ohio, which is about a 14-hour drive. So, I mean, you're, you're definitely not hurting for bookings, that's for sure. And, and that, I guess Cleveland wasn't as close to you as I thought it was. So, I mean. You, you know, the thing is they have a good reputation. They bring in talent. You know, they've, they've had good talent go through there. But at the same time, it, you know, as Forrest Griffin would say, is the juice worth the squeeze? And, I, you know, with, with my future with AIW, the way they were booking me, the amount of money I was spending just to get up there and just be part of the action, the juice was not worth the squeeze. So it's like there, there's so much to just just think about here. Like it just because I mean AIW, I mean they're uh, they're a pretty prominent indie promotion. They they are solid, and you don't seem to have any qualms with with that relationship souring. Not not at all. You know, the best part about independent professional wrestling, there's a, I'm not locked down to one place. You know, like I said, I said I didn't want to wrestle there. I was pretty clear about that earlier on. They still booked me. They advertised me. I told them that wasn't fair to the fans and myself. They went to social media. And honestly, by them going to social media, it helps me get even more bookings other places. And honestly, if you heard what I was, if I could go into detail what other promoters slash wrestlers slash fans had to say to me about the situation, they didn't really have anything really nice to say about AIW either. Why do you think that is? Probably, and this is, and I don't want to start anything, but it's probably because John Thorne, uh, he, I think he was the one I was speaking to. Uh, he's the one that went to Twitter, he, you know, and he's the one that acted out. So mm-hmm. I think, and from what I heard, he's, he's the big problem in that equation. Now, I'm not necessarily all hip to, to AIW. Not, not as much as I would like to be considering, you know, they, they did an MMA crossover show earlier this year. Now, I know that was the show that you mentioned I believe that was a show where you got kicked on the balls by a pirate, correct? Correct. And Lewis Linden's a good wrestler. I like Lewis. He is good. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's about it. You know, it, it just messed up when you wrestle certain places. And it just, like I said, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. I, you know, I could go on all day about it, but they were extremely unprofessional. Even the last time I wrestled for them, when we did the tag tournament, they were extremely unprofessional and it wasn't fun. And that's the biggest you thing would, for me. I wrestle because I have fun. If I'm not having fun, I don't want to be there. You had mentioned um, a little something regarding the, the backstage environment at AIW. Can you, are you able to elaborate on that at all? Uh. You know, I'd I'd rather not just because I don't want to rub people the wrong way. But I think they know who they are. Uh, I, I would I'll mention one name, big name Steve Payne. He had a contract with Lucha Underground. He was wrestling AIW. Uh, he was released from Lucha Underground because he's extremely hard to work with. It's hard to call matches with. Extremely stubborn and very bad at calling matches. And um, that's the reason why he was released from Lucha Underground. And, you know, when uh, I wrestled with him and his tag team partner, who was green as hell, it was the same way. They wanted to call all these big spots, pop up this, pop up that. Da, 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 da. They didn't want to tell a story. They didn't want to have any back and forth. And it was extremely, extremely difficult to the point where, I personally didn't want to call a goddamn thing in the match, and I just wanted to go out there and see what happened. And, of course, they didn't want to do that. They were afraid because I was going to go out there and fuck them up. So, yeah. Do you, do you uh, run into that a lot where people are afraid you might shoot on them in the ring? Well, there's always the possibility of me doing it. But at the same time, most of the people I work with are educated, smart people that know how the business is done. And – Working that that's what I'm saying. When I worked with Steve Payne and even John Thorne, that the, those were the two big red flags at the last time I was there for Double Dare. And those were the two main reasons why I didn't want to be part of the AIW family, you know? 
So I, I had mentioned that about people being maybe afraid to shoot on them. You you remember the WWE Brawl for All, don't you? I sure do. One of the oh, greatest ideas in WWE history, almost as good as 205 Live. <laughs> I don't know if you're being serious or not. You know I'm not being serious at all. So I did I did a long form on it, and Ken Shamrock was one of the guys who they they went to and said, why don't you do this? And he said, wait a second. I've been working for a year and a half to get these people to trust me that I won't beat the living shit out of them in the ring. Now you're asking me to get in the ring and beat the living shit out of them. And uh, he said that he was like, no, I'm not doing it. Dan Severn did it through one fight. If he would have done it through all of them, he would have won. Uh, but so is, is that ever something that you have to work with where you're like, hey, dude, don't worry. I'm not going to beat the living shit out of you in here. You know, the the thing is, they know. I'm, like, you've spoken to me. I'm an extremely nice guy, and yeah. I like to have fun. Don't get me wrong. When you're in the ring with me, I do go hard, but I hit you where I won't hurt you too bad, you know? And I yeah. do hit people hard. You can ask anybody. I do hit hard, but I'm not going to kill anybody. I'm very, I'm very good at what I do. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hurt anybody. So we've talked about the AIW stuff. You're flying back tomorrow. Then you're right back at Evolve this weekend. Yeah, if I fly back tomorrow, I get into Chicago at five and then I fly from Chicago to Philadelphia. I get there at nine. Then I drive to my house. I sleep. And then I drive to Laboom, which is in Queens, New York. I wrestle there. Then I drive to Boston or Melrose. And I wrestle Evolve again. And I wrestle Beyond. That's a busy weekend. It's, it's, a, it's big, a busy couple it, of weeks for you. And it's a big weekend because I got Jeff Cobb. I got Ricochet, and I got Dan Barry. That's a solid, solid uh, weekend. It's a super solid weekend. Like, even with all this traveling, I'm, like, in China was great, but I am so, so excited for this weekend. I've been, Jeff Cobb and me wrestled at AAW not too long ago. The match was good, but this one's going to be better. I can assure you that. I'm going to, I'm going to bring that shit. And the rig- the ricochet match, I-, I don't think I can go wrong with that. The clash of styles alone, just like me and Will Ospreay in progress, you had a high flyer with a strong style fighter. It's- it really makes for a good match. And then Dan Barry, comedy comedy wrestler with high flying styles and good technique. I think it- I think honestly, I think I'm going to be able to touch every aspect of professional wrestling this week. How are you going to deal with the jet lag there? You know what? I've noticed that I really don't get jet lag when I'm not cutting weight. Oh, that's great. When I, when I was cutting weight, cutting weight in the UFC and I'd fly, I literally felt horrible, like literally horrible. And now that I'm not cutting weight, I weigh about like 205, 210. And when I fly, I'm, you know, I think it's probably because I'm not so dehydrated now. I'm like hydrated and I'm healthy. And the flights don't do anything to me. I, it's like the only thing is like time differences and stuff like that. But when it comes to wrestling and stuff like that, you're always a little groggy or something or you're driving or this or that. So I'm already used to that stuff. Did you see the poster Graham Williams made for us this week? I did. I think were you Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. I, Graham made me the one with AIDS. I'm pissed. I mean, in real life, you look Come more- on. You look like you have well, a man. Hey, Matt, excuse me. I'm not some pipsqueak that gets down to 170 pounds like some people on this podcast. I, I haven't been down to 170 pounds in like six years, bro. How much do you weigh I, right I now? I may, may not have wrestled at 149.9 pounds before. So Hey, hey. Good weight class, very competitive. And you oh, made it God. look good. You, you they had a weird – they had weird weight divisions like in the, these grappling tournaments I would do. Uh, it was 149.9, and then the next one was like 164.9. And I was yeah. like, oh. Well, what they do is it's, they, it's like that weight class, and that's the most you can weigh. But it's like – and then it goes like 150 to like 164.9. And then you yeah. would be 165 to 175 point – or 174.9, you know? I did I, one I that was that. 
I did one that was, it was so weird. Like you never know where you can find a grappling tournament at. And we found one that like a karate school was putting on. And here were their weight divisions, Matt. 185 and over, 184 and under. That's intense. Yeah. That's intense. Oh yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, that same school, I, I watched uh, Jessamyn Duke. You know her, right? Sure. Uh, I, she, don't, I she, don't know her, but go ahead. She, she trained with Ronda Rousey, one of the four horsewomen. Um, oh, one of them? The tall one. Yeah, oh, she, okay. she's out from this area. I watched her, like, standing guillotine three or four dudes back-to-back in one of those karate grappling tournaments. Like, they had no idea what they were doing. And they were like, I'll go with the girl. And they get standing guillotined in five seconds. and. Just how it works. Uh, hey, we've got some current events to talk about here, too. Here's What's one that? for you, Matt. Florida woman arrested for refusing to stop twerking. To stop? She's refused to stop twerking? She got arrested? She sure as hell did. I it respect says, that. I respect that move. I would have supported it her. Gain- <laughs> it says Gainesville police responded to a noise complaint just after 3 a.m. Saturday and found 35-year-old Danielle Jefferson dancing to loud music. Jefferson refused the officer's request to turn down her music and began twerking on her car. Police gave Jefferson 15 minutes to comply with a noise warning notice. Jefferson soon started dancing again and told the police they could arrest her if she wanted. Now, 15 minutes? We're talking like prime Matt Riddle cardio here. That I hope she gets a job. Like she should be in a twerk video. If you can twerk fifteen minutes nonstop with police harassment, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's impressive. That is. You know what? Yeah. Do we have a picture of uh, the suspect? I do. Uh, let me let me find it. Let me let me pull this thirty-five year old up. Let's see what we're working with here. Okay, here we go. Do the screen share. There she is. Oh, hey, that's not bad. No, I wish they had a whole bad. body. I wish they had a whole body shot. You know, but that's a not pretty. Bad. She's got nice eyes, deep, deep, soulful eyes. I can see that. Okay. And for 35 nice years twerk. old, hey. Now, here's my question. She went 15 minutes, Matt. What happens Extra. when she gets into? What happens when she gets into the championship rounds? Does she have the stamina to go 25? I think she does, you know, because I think they stopped her at 15. I think she could have went 25 easy. Easy. Yeah, it's, she looks, you can tell by their jawline, she was in shape. She is in shape. You can she see is in it. shape. And her eyes were determined. That's very true. That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, 15 minutes, though. I mean, Jesus Christ. Do you remember the song Slow Jams by, by Kanye West and Twista? Jamie Foxx? Uh, I think I, the, missed, I missed those. How, I'm not a, I'm how not, did you miss that song? I'm, it was literally a song that was designed to give women in the club a break from dancing for like 15, 20 minutes in a row. I, I, <laughs> I didn't get it. I, I, I really don't listen to much music, so I, I must have missed the, that one. You don't listen to music. What are you, Matt? I, I listen to music, just not that much music. Like, I'm not going to listen to the, like, I don't listen to radio music. Eh, that's, I don't know if that was, it was kind of radio music. It was. I don't know. It is. Let's see what we got here. Sickened students suspect marijuana-laced gummy bears, Matt. Sickened student what? They suspect marijuana-laced gummy bears. Several high school students in a Chicago suburb were taken to hospital after eating gummy bears that some said may have been laced with marijuana. Hmm. 14 students were taken to a hospital for treatment. At least 12 had eaten the gummy bears, said a post. Their symptoms including fa- included fast heart rate, dizziness, and dry mouth. Students told police that they thought the gummy bears was laced with something uh, with marijuana, like a liquid-based marijuana substance. A 17-year-old male was taken into custody but released without being charged. Damn. 14 with, for weed gummy ba- alleged weed gummy bears, Matt. 
Oh, goodness. You know, they start to make changes and start to legalize this shit, and then people got to ruin it. You know? What the fuck? It's, uh, that's why kids aren't supposed to use drugs, you know? If they were laced with marijuana. Uh, you know, marijuana's never killed anybody. It doesn't hurt anybody. But if you're, uh... You know, you're not ready for it, you know, just like anything else. It's going to take its toll on you. And here's the thing. Now, I am not very experienced in in the world of of edibles or marijuana, but I know you're not supposed to eat as many as you generally would if they were not laced with marijuana. And if somebody's got a a bag of gummy bears, I'm taking a handful. I'm just instinctively taking a handful of those sons of bitches. I'll tell you this. I've had multiple edibles. I've had gummy bears. I've, had, I've even had Cheez-Its that are late. Wow. I've been, yeah, I've been to the Cannabis Cups. I've been there. They have, I've been judge. I've been a judge before. You know, I've seen it all. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, the thing is, even if it's a gummy bear, you can taste the marijuana in these gummies. You can taste the marijuana in these Cheez-Its. It doesn't matter what they do. You can taste it pretty, pretty distinctively. So... For any student to be like, well, we don't know if they were laced, they're a liar. They took drugs knowingly. They panicked because they don't know what to do, and they're kids. They should have never been doing it in the first place. It's got to be regulated just like alcohol Anything and else. tobacco are. And, yeah. and, another thing, and another thing, too, the kids don't need to be rushed to the hospital. That's just a <laughs> reckless thing. It's like, oh, elevated heart rate and this, that. Like, come on, bro. Come on. Have you ever been hospitalized for, for marijuana? Negative. Negative. <laughs> I, and it's, no, that's, you know, and I would say those kids weren't hospitalized for marijuana. They're hospitalized because they can't keep their cool. That's what happened. Our final uh, current event story. I just like to find the weirdest stories. This one isn't so weird. This one's like the oldest trick in the scroll. A woman used a camera to catch her housemate using a toothbrush to rub his genitals, Matt. I saw that on the tweeter machine. I, I, I was hoping you'd bring that up. That's a classic move. You know, not saying I've done it. Not saying I've done it, but I've seen people do it. Of course. It happens a lot more than people think. I'll be honest. I was actually at a wrestling show one time. And, uh, you know, after the show, it was me Zack Sabre Jr. and TJ Perkins, we shared a room. And the next morning, I, you know, I brush my teeth, and then I leave the bathroom. I go back in to get my toothbrush, and it's gone. And I go, you know, like, did anybody take my toothbrush? And everybody was like, no, we didn't. Well, <laughs> after the match, Zack Sabre Jr. goes, oh, hey, mate, I got your toothbrush. My bad. And I'm like, ah. Uh... I'm like, and Zach Sabre Jr., nice enough guy. Regretting those Buttertooth Brett comments. But, you know, he's kind of buttery looking. Those teeth are kind (laughs) of buttery. And uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't brush his teeth with my toothbrush. Uh, No, I don't mean, no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, But I will say this, nothing against Zach. You know, I'll see him this weekend, and I'll be wrestling him in London in a couple weeks after PWG. But uh, I did throw away the toothbrush. I did not chance it. I was <laughs> like, you know, I've heard too many stories about ribs. You have and, to. Yeah, I don't play those games. You know, somebody – and Zach's, like I said, a swell guy. But I literally threw that toothbrush away in the garbage can in that building, and I went, you know, and I got a new toothbrush on the way home from the event. Sorry. I mean – I don't get the malice, the malicious ribs. Like I had a friend in college who hated one of our roommates. So what he did was drained his lava lamp, then filled it up with piss. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's like kind of that, cool. But he, so he like popped the, the top because, because it's, well, if you yes. fill it up with, that's like, it's not like he pissed on your roommate while he slept. Like that's no. delicious. Yes. Pe- like this, just that's pe- towing. That's actually illegal. Yes. Is it? I'm pretty sure you can't piss on somebody while they're sleeping. You can go to jail for that. But you can definitely definitely piss on a lava lamp. I'm sure that could be an assault charge. I'm sure that would count as an assault charge. You can't spit on somebody. Yeah. (laughs) That's assault. 
A few uh, bits of fightful uh, news, guys. As I mentioned, we signed Shane Helms to appear on our Friday podcast. That releases tomorrow. Don't worry, we're doing some technical upgrades, uh, much like with our buddy Matt. We have uh, sent him a mic and a camera, so that'll be better next week. Also, we have an exclusive uh, about J-Rock Williams, a big star coming out of uh, the Philly boxing scene. Go check that out. Uh, Very, very excited about that piece. Uh, A Fightful podcast from from last night with Showdown Joe. Also, be sure to vote for us in the Sheety Awards. Uh, The Sheeties are uh, a site that cover the coverage of pro wrestling. I'm nominated for Best Podcast Host, Brandon Howard for Best Writer, and Best Columnist, and uh, we're nominated for Best News Aggregator. So we got to get you nominated for Best, I think it's Pro Podcast, Pro Podcaster. I think that if we... You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You were around longer. I, I, I feel like you, you told me Brandon Schwab's killing the game, Joe Rogan's killing the game. There's too many people killing the game right now. Let me build some steam. Uh, but hey, I'm gonna win a bunch of awards probably for being a super good wrestler. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. And if, not, so. and if not, I'm not worried about it. You know, I, my, my, from what I hear, I'll be, I'll be honest, man, this week was amazing in China and the amount of things we got accomplished and what's going to be happening with Evolve and WWN and just us fighting here, us having wrestling shows here. And then just, you know, we got the flow sports deal, the flow slam going on and, Everything is just working so well. It's um, it's amazing, and the way my, the way everything's going, I I just my future is bright. That's all I can say. And I, I'm not even trying to be arrogant or sound that way, but everything is just working so smoothly. Hey, and it benefits Fightful.com. We're happy to have you. Also, like I said, guys, happy always here, bro. Sign up for Fightful.com. You get early access to shows like this. Maybe you're watching it four or five days after it happens. You sign up, you get to watch it. As it happens, uh, the Shane Helms podcast will be in our members uh, section as well. EC3, Deanna Perrazzo, Jason Kincaid, they're all writing for us in the coming weeks as a part of our pro series. But, I mean, right now we're doing the bro series, am I right? The, the bro series. The only series that really matters. Nothing against yeah. anybody else. But the bro series where it's at, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's taking over. And I'll tell you this. If you thought bro was big in Europe – or bro was big in America, you should see bro in China. People just stop me on the street to take my picture. They don't even know I'm a wrestler or fighter. They just, they, everybody just says how handsome I am and takes pictures <laughs> with me. It's, it's honestly, my, my confidence is through the fucking roof right now. It's amazing. Damn. Uh, <laughs> what do you think our next movie poster will be, Matt? Hmm. If I had to pick 
Next movie poster. I wonder if Graham will ever get sick of making them because he does such a good job on them. He does such a good job. We, I'm half tempted to throw him some money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's <laughs> uh, extra. Uh, let's. He'll, see. he'll probably he'll probably make it like Bad Santa and make me the fucking elf or oh, something. Oh, that's perfect. Or we should Damn do a National Lampoon's of you know Christmas. You know what? Oh, yeah. So I, I think the next one should be Christmas themed or the next couple. We already did Home Alone. That was a little premature for the holidays. Yeah. But hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Because people were already celebrating Christmas when that came out. So That's true. I mean, they're celebrating Christmas on, on like October 31st now. Like as soon as they get home from Halloween parties. As soon as Halloween's over, it's Christmas time. They even skip turkey. I mean, they do. They celebrate the Thanksgiving. They take those holidays. There's Black Friday, but they're already thinking Christmas. Even yeah. in China, even in China, they're like, "We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year." You know, they they sing it in English. They don't sing it in Chinese. They're still singing the Christmas carols in English. Santa's still a big white dude here. It's uh, you know, Christmas is huge. So, Mickey James re-signed with the WWE. Yeah, who isn't the WWE re-signing and signing these days? They're, they're ridiculous. I don't know what they're doing. They're just trying to go out of business as quick as they can for some reason. It's ridiculous. Come on, Mickey James isn't a bad signing. Oh, oh no, no, no. I'm not saying Mickey James is a bad signing, okay. but they pick up every single talent they possibly can at this moment. And from what I gather, they can barely – get 2,500 people at a Raw these days. Well, they're, they're doing 2,500 at a Raw. Maybe not a Raw live event, but they're, they're doing that at Raw. But Mickey James, she'd been gone for six years. She's like, I think, 36, 37. But uh, she had a really good match with Asuka last month. And WWE's like, yep, we're bringing her back. And apparently they're putting her on SmackDown. What do you think about them bringing back – well, this is a lot different than Jinder Mahal and Kurt Hawkins. I'll tell you that much. She is an established name, uh, but uh, a familiar one. Before the Divas Revolution, Matt, I would go as far as to say she had the most important match in WWE women's wrestling history when she faced Trish Stratus at a WrestleMania, and it was a really good match. Uh, what do you think about, about that signing for the WWE? I mean, I think that's a good sign. I, I think all the signs are good. This is my problem. They're picking up good talent. All the talent they're picking up is great. They they have so much wonderful, great talent, and I'm not being sarcastic. That's true, and I think Mickey James is a great signing. My concern is you have too many people as is. You got NXT, you got 205 Live, you got Raw as its own brand, and SmackDown as its own brand. You got the network, you got Saturday Superstar, you got all these different shows, this and the other thing. It's too saturated. You have oversaturated yourselves, and I don't even I don't even know where to look. I don't know what the storyline is. Uh, James Ellsworth there, I, I don't know what's going on. I think they've gotten rid of Superstars in main event. I don't think those either run anymore or they don't have original content anymore. So that's good. I'm okay. happy about that. Okay. Well, that's good. So they can focus a little more on that. But like, like I said, my main concern is too many cooks in the kitchen. And now you just got too many waiters waiting tables. Nobody's going to be able to be successful and make the money they need to because it's just too many. You missed a really good spot on the uh, SmackDown show, Matt. Oh, yeah, what happened? I've been in China. I can't watch Raw, yeah. SmackDown, or anything. Dean Ambrose was on Miz TV, and Dean Ambrose lost the WWE Championship match on Sunday. So the Miz awarded him the first-ever Miz participation plaque. Ooh. I'll, I'll Not only honest, that. Miz is good. Miz has good yeah. promos, and Miz, he's really dislikable, and he's good at it. He's good at making people pissed. He's he's good. So, you know how, like, they have, you go to your, have you ever been to your Wikipedia page? I've been there a couple times. So, they have your accomplishments and championships listed. Somebody went in and edited Dean Ambrose and listed the Miz Participation Award under his championships. 
I was so happy to see that. That's good though. He 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 got that. That's his. He earned it by participating. He earned it. I hope he actually gets to keep the plaque. Did he get a physical plaque? Yes, he did. Speaking of. Fightful.com owner uh, Jimmy Van, as we were sarcastically talking about the Bro Championship, he was like, be careful what you wish for, and then sent me a picture. Uh, the company that he runs, he created a championship for like the, whoever had the most sales or something per month. And it's a, it's a nice-looking belt. So it's not out of the question. It's definitely not out of the question. Man. Um, what else do we got here? So you didn't get to see TLC, did you? No, no, I, I'll be honest. AJ's, I've just been busy so much. I haven't been able to do anything. Other AJ than Styles work. ripped his pants. Nice. Nice. So as somebody said, it was the hole that stole the show on uh, WWE TLC instead of the champ that runs the camp. Uh, you ever had any wardrobe malfunctions while wrestling in the ring? There was the story recently, Zack Ryder. He told a story from like 10 years ago when he was on ECW and he went to throw somebody in the buckle and grab their trunks and the trunks just exploded. Now you wear pretty much MMA gear. Have you ever had any like screw ups in that department? Yeah. One time I forgot my gear. Ooh. And I had to borrow, I had to borrow trunks. It was when I actually wrestled Chris Hero for the third time, not too long ago. And I, I mean, I went to Walmart, I went to Dick's, I went to Sports Authority, I went to every sporting goods, this, that, and the other thing, just to find some swim trunks or something. Because, you know, I, I yeah. could pull it off. I could wrestle my board shorts. Sure. Couldn't find anything. And uh, Drew Gulak gave me a pair of basically I, the Stone Cold Steve Austin trunks. You know? Oh, yeah. And uh, I was the malfunction was one I just showed up with trunks on, which was a little odd. And then, and I, and I don't wear anything else. Like most of these guys wear shin pads, shoes, boots, elbow pads, you know, wrist tape, all this other stuff. I literally just had a black speedo on and nothing else. And uh, and then I believe when Chris Hero went for his third pile driver on me. My underwear was sticking out the one side of the trunks. But that's as much of a malfunction as I've ever had. All my bits and pieces stay in my trunks for the most part, you know. Yeah. You know, that's why I always wear, like, two pairs of underwear when I wear gear. I don't free ball. Sure. You don't want to leave it to chance. I mean, mean, it works for some divas. You know, you you whip a tit out on accident. Accidentally on accident. You get some uh, Instagram followers and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, you talk about Instagram followers, man. I'm going to have to unfollow you after the shit you posted today. Yeah, sure. I got, hey. What the hell, man? You get get good deals in China. I got some new Calvin Klein underwear. And I was just, you know, showing the world what kind of deals you get in China. Listen, I'm not going to be the only one that suffers from this. I'm going to pull this up. Go for it, bro. I'm not ashamed. I'm sure you're not, man. I'm not ashamed Jesus at all. That's what, that's what I bring to the table, bro. Oh, God. That's why, Mrs. Rid- that's why Mrs. Riddle's more than happy to be with me. <laughs> Where the hell is your Instagram? Riddle bro, right? Riddle bro. Instagram.com slash riddle bro. Here we go. Oh, can't believe I'm doing this on the show. Jesus Christ, Matt. So I open up my Instagram, minding my own business. This is what I see. What the hell, Matt? I bought one. I got a new. I got a couple bracelets in that picture. I also got in China, which are pretty cool. And the yeah, new sorry cal- if I missed the bracelets, Matt. You know, and I was just showing off my new undies. I got a nice pair of orange Calvin Klein's. I actually have another pair of Chinese underwear over here. That are bright red with yellow and some gold, you know, dragons on them. Pretty sweet. I just dragons. wear those to the ring on Saturday. Oh, Jesus. So, uh, the Young Bucks signed a new deal. Have you heard about the, the, well, not necessarily the explicit details of it, but some of the details surrounding their new deal? I haven't. I thought it was another two-year deal with Ring of Honor. It is. It's a new two-year deal with Ring of Honor. They can still work New Japan. Uh, they can still work – well, obviously, it's a New Japan Ring of Honor joint deal. They can still work PWG. 
Uh, they can book themselves overseas, certain places, just not in Japan and America. It's a substantial money increase from their one-year deal of 2016, and apparently that money goes up again in 2018. They control their own merch. This sounds like a pretty damn sweet deal, Matt. Yeah, well, the Young Bucks are in high demand, have been for a while. I've been on cards with them multiple times, and I'll be honest, they deserve every cent and penny they get. Uh, they they fucking bring it every time. They Every time I see them wrestle, they do something I didn't think was even possible. <laughs> like, legitimately, and it's all pro wrestling based. It's a very, you know, they're extremely talented individuals. Don't get me wrong. You know, there's some of the stuff I'm not the biggest fan of, but at the same time, like, they do good comedy stuff. They do great spot stuff. Like they're they're a lot more athletic than they appear to be. They really are, and they're extremely talented. Like they're they're worth every cent, if not more, if you ask me. And honestly, I think it's a smart move on Ring of Honor's part because right now, like right now, it's I think it's hard to hold on to talent. You know, especially the WWE is trying to sign everybody up at this moment. And I think, you know, Ring of Honor made a smart move. That's a great – that's one of those main staples of Ring of Honor are the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks, like I said, are extremely talented, and they're, they're worth every cent they, they get. So ideally, really the only place you would be able to work them is PWG, between your Evolve deal, their ROH New Japan deal. Is there anything prohibiting you under, like, a Flow Slam deal, facing anybody, like, under an ROH deal? I don't think so, is there? I can do what I want when I want. You know, the the biggest thing is wrestlers like other wrestlers. We want to work with each other, you know, like because that's just put that's just building us up. And we had to market ourselves. We are what makes us the money. Promotions are great. Evolve is great. Flow Slam's great. All that's awesome. But at the end of the day, I'm my own brand. I'm what sells me. I I make my money. You know. It doesn't matter if I work for the WWE or Evolve and they make $20 million, doesn't mean I get $20 million, you know? But if I make it to the point where my brand and my merch and everything about me is worth $20 million, then I'm worth $20 million. And for a company for, to work for them, they're going to have to pay me what I'm worth, you know? And I think that's the same case with the Young Bucks. And I think that's the same case with, like, even, like, I don't know what Will Ospreay's deal or Marty Scrolls deal is with Ring of Honor, but I would imagine they got – Something remotely close. Yeah. Uh, An indie wrestler. Like, I saw a tweet from Gabe Sapolsky where he said, if you are an indie wrestler and you're not where you want to be, you really just have yourself to blame between Ring of Honor, New Japan, snatch up a lot of people, NXT, they're signing a lot of people, and then the Flow Slam situation. There's a lot of opportunity out there, and you can make a living on the indie circuit. I mean, you just started last year, and you're already doing that, Matt. I am, you know, and I would say I have to really thank a couple people to that. And, uh, you know, I probably said thank a couple people, and some people are going to be like, oh, I know you're going to thank me. But uh, (laughs) the the two people I'd have to thank just because I saw what they were able to do, and it gave me, you know, it was like, okay, I can do this too, and let's see how good I can do it. And it was Chris Hero and Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan left the E. And on the indies, he's even more successful. He works for Lucha Underground, of course, as well. But most of his work on the indies. Chris Hero just does indies 24-7, and it's perfect, you know? And after seeing what those guys were able to do on the indies and what kind of money they could make on the indies and what kind of success they had. And, and, and the thing with the indies, and I think you saw it with AJ Styles and other people like that, oh, we're getting the yawns, is – <laughs> you know, you like if you start at Performance Center, I'm not saying you can't be the biggest star going, but it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, wrestling indies and getting that name is also hard, but it's different. I think it's more satisfying, you know? And it pays off in the long run. Look at Kevin Owens. Somebody asked uh, on the podcast page, are we going to see some more of you in PWG? Well, I believe they're having a card the 16th. I don't think they announced names. I feel like they keep that a secret. Hmm. Interesting. Right? Do they? Because I, I haven't heard them announce like anybody, but like maybe one or two matches. They're very secretive, PWG. They don't do a they don't do a live stream for their shows. 
they don't do anything like that, you know. So, you know, it's it's PWG, but uh, yeah, you know, I got a couple emails. I mean, I <laughs> think I should be there. I'm pretty sure I'm there. I mean, I had. Bottom line is, I'm one of those guys. I had not got my flight yet, so uh, I can't say 100 so I'll be there. But yeah. I mean. I plan on being there. Like, I, you know, I talk to them. UFC 206 this weekend. We lost the big Anthony Johnson, Daniel Cormier fight, but we got Max Holloway versus Anthony Pettis for an interim championship, even though the undisputed champion, Jose Aldo, is healthy. How do you think this fight goes? Uh, We got Anthony Pettis, who's lost three or four fights, fighting for an interim title. Makes sense. Makes so much sense. The UFC is just doing things right these days. The UFC and the WWE just—I think they started working together hand in hand. And you know, honestly, if it wasn't for Conor McGregor, shit would really hit the fans for the UFC. Uh, but hey, Max Holloway, Anthony Pettis. Uh, well, Anthony Pettis, like I said, has been on—you said—is on a losing streak. And I'll be honest. Well, he's lost three or four. He won. He won his last fight. Okay, but MMA is one of those sports where it's all about timing. You know, everybody's very good. Everybody's extremely competitive. Anything can happen with four-ounce gloves, kicks, elbows, and punches and knees. And I personally think Max Holloway has a fire lit under him. He's on a roll, and I think he's going to take Pettis. I think he's going to. I think he's going to shock Pettis. I don't think Pettis. I think Pettis, even though he respects him, I think he's going to underestimate him and. I think Max Holloway is going to win. I feel like he's been working really hard. He's big for the weight class. and I think it's his time. I think it's like he's in his prime. He's in his stride. It's his time. And I think Pettis had his time. I think he was in his prime when he first got to the UFC, and he did okay, and he's had some good fights. But I think, it's, I think his run's over. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I still, I still think Anthony Pettis is one of the best fighters in the world. But it's the UFC. To stick in the UFC for a while and keep winning and be the champ is very hard. And yep. the fact and the thing is, right now, if you ask me, it should be Max Holloway versus Jose Aldo for the, not interim, yep. but for the title. For the yeah. actual title. Uh, Pettis would join Conor McGregor, BJ Penn, Randy Couture. I think that's it as people to hold titles in multiple weight divisions. Uh, we have Cerrone versus Matt Brown. Now, this is a – like if you were to say, hey, you just want to put two guys in there and just watch them fight. These are two prime names that you would just like to watch fight. Now, here's the issue. As I mentioned on the show with Showdown Joe last night, Donald Cerrone can finish you to the legs, to the body, or to the head with kicks from both legs. Matt Brown eats body kicks a lot, and he gets dropped with body kicks a lot. Who do you think takes this fight? I mean, we I see that glaring weakness in Matt Brown, but you, you, it's hard to tell between these two. Matt Brown has a weak body, for sure. That's been his weakness over time. Uh, but the difference is Donald Cerrone's a good size fighter, but I think we're going to see the size difference of Donald Cerrone against a welterweight this weekend. Matt Brown's not a small welterweight. He's not the most shredded welterweight or biggest welterweight either. But he's definitely not small. And Matt Brown's tough as fucking nails. Uh, Donald Cerrone is yeah. also tough as nails, but I think with the size, th- there's so many variables in this fight. Like, Matt Brown's just been through so many wars. Donald Cerrone has been too. But hey, that's a, like that's why, like, that's whoever matched that fight, that's a good fight to match up. Like, yeah. And the thing is, on paper, they should go out there and beat the shit out of each other and make up of money and get performance bonuses each. That's how I see that fight as long as nobody gets finished early. I think it goes like the whole time and it's a bloodbath. Last fight we'll talk about on on this UFC 206 show. Tim Kennedy, Kelvin Gastelum. Gastelum got cleared by the commission to fight on this show. Stop it. Don't don't bring up his name. I don't want to talk about Gastelum. That kid can't make way. And just because UFC is trying to push into that Mexican market in Mexico, they're just going to keep in that full opportunity after opportunity. Stop it. That guy should be fired. So guy, not, only should, not only should he be fired, he should be beaten with a stick. I hope Tim Kennedy takes his soul. So we won't talk about Gastelum. 
Well, Instead, I we'll talk I about already, something that I already I, did. He already did. He's a piece of trash. And I hope Kennedy takes him out like the piece of trash he is. And that's the bottom line. It's bro. So instead, so. we'll talk about one of my favorite subjects of this week. Did you see Gerald Harris's return fight? Gerald Harris's? No. How was it? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Good. So I'm going to set the stage for you. Now, I've ranted about this all week. Gerald Harris was set to return for the first time in three years against a guy named Aaron Cobb. Uh, Gerald was seeking a fight just anywhere. just wanted to fight again. He said that he'd been out because he, he had a rough personal life. His marriage was on the rocks. He's found a new woman. Life is better. He won a custody battle. He's ready to fight. They booked him in the final Legacy FC fight ever because they're going to merge with RFA in his hometown. This guy went out and sold $10,000 worth of tickets in two days. So, you know, he's going to fight on this show. A guy by the name of Aaron Cobb calls him out and starts, like, trashing him on Twitter, saying, you don't, you don't fight anymore. You're a comedian. You're a clown, yada, yada. And Gerald says, be careful what you wish for. Fast forward two months. This fight was supposed to happen at welterweight, Matt. I'll let you guess what Aaron Cobb weighed in at. 193. Try 224 pounds, Matthew. Wow. Oh, 224? Damn, he's bigger than me. So, what the F? So, Gerald gets wind of this. He blows weight himself, weighs in at 189. The other guy doesn't even weigh in. The next day, they do a weigh-in. The guy was supposed to make 205. That didn't happen. Gerald had to weigh in at 208 pounds for them to sanction this fight. So he did. He somehow weighed 208 pounds the next day. Um, (laughs) So Gerald Harris, who's a welterweight, fighting at heavyweight. Do you know what this idiot does in the cage, this Aaron Cobb guy? Against Gerald Harris, he pulls a standing guard. What do you think happens to him? He got slammed and knocked clean unconscious. That is exactly what happened to him. 45 seconds. What an idiot. Well, wow, good for Gerald Harris making that easy quick money. Didn't even have to cut weight. Got to eat a couple extra meals on top. Good for him. It looked exactly like the, the Dave Branch slam from UFC 116. I'll be honest, Gerald Harris is Awesome at slamming people. That dude's getting pro wrestling. Yeah. yeah. I was very happy to see that. Gerald's a good dude. Uh, also, his opponent found, like, people, like, he found me and some other journalists that tweeted about the slam and got on there and referred to us as some sexual slurs. So, eh. Ooh. It's okay. Hey, Ooh. hey, me and Matt Riddler are sitting here talking about it, collecting our checks. He's yeah. not doing anything now. So. Yeah, and I, you know what, bro? I can take a slam with getting not, without getting knocked out because I'm not a bitch. Oh, it was so funny because the dude pulled standing guard, and the first thing I thought was he didn't watch UFC 116. He didn't research Gerald he, at well, all. He, he didn't watch anything. He didn't watch anything. because everybody, if You know anything about Gerald Harris, even when he doesn't win by slam, he fucking slams. He, sl- he slams every yeah. single person. Like his style of fighting, he literally says, I like to slam people. His nickname was Little Rampage, for fuck's sakes. He, I mean, like, we were on the same team on the Ultimate Fighter Season 7, and yeah. he likes to slam people. His like, defense to a triangle is like, I'm going to powerbomb you. Yeah, it was, it was really fantastic how it happened, Matt, because it was exactly like the Dave Branch slam. He had one arm trapped, and then he was like, he he paused for a second. I'm going to send you the video, or I I think I, I may have I may have included it in a tweet, but I'll send it to you anyway. I'll, I'll I'll check out the tweet. You don't have to. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. But he posts his forearm up on the dude's face. That way, his head will bounce off the mat, and that's exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah, that's what you do. Magnificent. Made me very happy. That's sweet MMA karma right there, Matt. Uh, Tell these people where they can follow you on social media before we GTFO. Well, if you want to see sweet underwear pictures, you can follow me on Instagram or even Snapchat at Riddlebro. And I think I added uh, you to Snapchat the other day. I did. What's that? I added you to Snapchat the other day, actually. It's a good time. Good times. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, Riddle7. Uh, 
I don't know if there's a JV at the end of that or whatever. Brittle Bro on Instagram, Matt's Brittle on Facebook. Facebook, I feel like Facebook's dying off though. At least yeah. for for this stuff, I feel like Facebook's only for family stuff these days. I felt like grew up. I felt like before it was more for networking. Now it's just family stuff. Occasionally, I get a booking through the messenger, but other than that, you know, everything else. I I'll feel say, like Facebook makes it hard for people to promote their shit on Facebook without paying a bunch of money for it. Exactly. Like, exactly. Uh, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Yeah. It defeats uh, the guys, point follow- of social media. Yeah, follow us at Fightful Online, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave us a thumbs up. Also, you can uh, listen to the show on iTunes. Subscribe to us there. You can download it a little bit later. All kinds of stuff. We've got features all weekend, UFC 206 coverage. Showdown Joe and I will be covering that on Sunday as he will be at the event. So uh, stay tuned for that. Until next time, guys. Hey, uh, make us some more posters. Graham, you're, you all are making Graham do all the work. Make us some movie posters, you guys. Yeah, you could. If you, know, you got a good idea, like maybe the Army of Darkness poster or something like that, do it up. It'd be sweet. I don't even know what that is, Matt. You don't know what Army of Darkness is? I quit. I quit Fightful.com. No idea. Yeah, I quit. Let me Google it real quick before I get off this podcast. Army do, you of- know who, do you know who Bruce Campbell is? Of course I know who Bruce Campbell is. He's okay, that- yeah. You know what Army of Darkness is then. Yeah, okay. Hail to the king, baby. Hail to the king. Bruce Campbell's legend. He's fantastic. End of discussion. He is legend. Peace out, you guys.